Hello everyone and welcome back to part two as we are talking about understanding the black Hebrew Israelite movement or Hebrew Israelite movement, whatever you want to, or whatever you like to call it. Um, if you have not listened to part one, please go listen to it because I just got done reading probably 15 pages of important stuff. So please go listen to part one, okay? It's right there. It's posted just above, and you're literally going to be missing stuff that's really important, okay? This is a movement that is very, um, very scary, um, and I do not believe that they're being inspired by God. Let's open in prayer. Father, as we start this part two, we ask uh, that, Lord, even when I go off note, you'd help me say the right things uh, if I do do that. I pray for the Hebrew Israelites again. Uh, God, I thank you that I can come to you knowing there's a sea of glass before your throne and the rainbow. We thank you for your glory. God, we pray that you would, sh we, we pray that you would show your glory to the Hebrew Israelites. Come to them in dreams and visions. Uh, plant seeds in their life of truth from other people, Lord. Send workers into the harvest. And we pray that you would put questions in their mind to second guess what they're teaching in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we went over Deuteronomy 28, 68 to understand it a little bit about how they interpret it and we broke it down and really understood, really kind of broke down what they're teaching is not true. So now we're going to talk about what are they doing today. Essentially, um, they're street preaching. Uh, they're bringing division and they're bringing hate and showing lots of favoritism, which we know James 2 claims favoritism to be a sin. Um, I want to move on to the last part of this sermon. In all the time I've been thinking and praying on many things I've thought about over and over again since my encounter with Hebrew Israelites. Um, I don't even know if that makes sense. Um, in all this time of me thinking and praying on my on many things, I thought about. Oh, the Lord has given me, in 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 the midst of all my praying and all my thinking and all my research, the Lord has really given me scriptures I want to use and elaborate on that will prove their doctrine is is inspired by man and not inspired by God. Now, a lot of you guys have heard me talk about understanding John 10.10. 10. Uh, the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life to the fullest. So there's three words in this verse that I want us to focus on. Thief, I, and they. You guys have heard me say it before. Thief in the Greece, or in the Greece, oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Thief in the Greek is a kleptes, and it translates into a false teacher. It's used as it's used as a masculine noun uh, because it's talking about a person, of course, or not it, but Jesus is talking about a person. Um, I'm just gonna fix that instead of it's to Jesus. Jesus is talking about a person, and it translates into a embezzler or em embezzler. A, uh, oh, frick. Um, 
how do you pronounce that word? Pilferer. Pilferer. Now that definition of that word, uh, it means someone who steals. A embezzler means someone collecting money that, but then taking more than what they are owed. Okay. The name is transferred to a false to uh, to false teachers who do not care to instruct men, but abuse their confidence for their own gain. I can literally see that in Hebrew Israelites, and it's it's heartbreaking. This is exactly what I see in this movement. Let's uh, read verses one through nine to understand who the Hebrew Israelites really are. Okay. This is Jesus' words. I assure you and most solemnly say to you. Those are the words that Jesus says so many times before he makes a statement. He who does not enter by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up from some other place uh, on the stone wall, this is out of the Amplified, that one is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep, the uh, protector and provider. The doorkeeper opens the gate for this man, and the sheep hear his voice and pay attention to it. And knowing that they listen, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Think, okay, let's just... Le- leads them out to pasture. Think about this. He says, and knowing that they will listen. That's the way the Amplified describes it. Jesus then calls them by name. Jesus never... This is this is, this is the thing where it's like... We think like, oh my gosh, if God speaks to me, am I going to obey? Jesus says, my sheep, they know my voice. And when I call to them, they will listen. So Jesus isn't going, okay, you know, if I tell Jordan to do this, is she going to listen? Like, oh, I don't know. Does she know my voice? No, he has full confidence. Verse four, when he has brought all his own sheep outside he walks on ahead of them this is jesus talking about him and his sheep and the sheep follow him because they know his voice and recognize his call they will never follow a stranger but will run away from him because they do not know the voice of strangers now i want to go off note on verse five real quick because i feel like i'm getting some right now it says they will never follow a stranger there's a difference between following and being being um, put on a different road for a season. Verse 6, Jesus used this figure of speech with them and they did not understand what he was talking about. So Jesus said, said again, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, I am the door for the sheep leading to life. All who come before me as false messiahs and self-appointed leaders are thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not hear them. I am the door. Anyone who enters through me will be saved and will live forever and will go out, go in and out freely and find pasture, spiritual security. It seems that they have gone around the message of Christ, uh, the Hebrew Israelites, because the next two verses uh, that prove even more that they are not preaching what Christ preached. 2 Corinthians 5.20 out of the Amplified. So we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making his appeal through us. We as Christ's representatives plead with you on behalf of God, on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. 
Paul here in this context is talking about our new place in Christ. And because of that, we are now ambassadors to point people to the grace of God through Christ. It doesn't seem that's what the Hebrew Israelites are doing. Rather, they are saying, we are the true ones to be saved. And you better be ready because you're going to serve us in heaven and God is going to judge you. Matthew 28, 19-20 out of the Amplified. Go, um, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. We're going to look at nations here in the Greek in a second. Help the people to learn from me, believe in me, and obey my words, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Many of you know this verse. Verse 20, last verse, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of circumstance, and on every occasion, even to the end of the age. Now, nations there in the Greek is the word ethnos, and it's used as a neuter noun. Um, it's spelled E-T-H-N-O-S, in case you're taking notes. Okay, um, And the definition here is tribe, uh, nation, people group. In the Old Testament, four nations not worshiping the true God? That definition right there, beloved, refutes the whole doctrine that they teach. Um, and then last two, pagans and Gentiles. The last definition, um, even, even if I am a descendant of Esau, and then white people being originated from Esau, and then were considered Gentiles, I have a verse in the New Testament that tells me salvation is for me. It's saying four, nation, four nations not worshiping the true God. It's saying those in Hosea, it says, I will call those to me who did not know me. That's talking about salvation in that verse. Now let's look at 1 Timothy 1.4 because this is going to, this is going to, as you know, the Hebrew Israelites, they asked me, what was the first thing they asked me? What's your, what's your nationality? Let's go all the way back to your father. Who's your father? Let's look at, let's, 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 let's go on ancestry.com. Let's look at that. 1 Timothy 1.4 out of the NASB says, Nor to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies, which give, ri- which give rise to useless speculation rather than advice, r- rather than advance the plan of God, which is by faith, so I urge you now. Here, they're going, they're, they're doing exactly what Paul says not to do. They're, they're getting into genealogies. They're going, who's your father? Are you, are you a Jew? Because if you're not, then you're not able to be saved. Romans 16, 17. I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. Uh, John 10, 16, out of the Amplified. I have other sheep beside, beside these that are not of this fold. I must bring those also, and they will listen to my voice and pay attention and pay attention to my call and they will become one flock with one shepherd now other sheep versus i have other sheep can translate into gentiles so um and they would they would translate gentiles into people um who are greeks that's the way they would tra- that, 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 that's that's another thing that i had in the conversation with them uh last verse uh, or actually not last verse i got well, uh, I think two more verses. 
Um, Titus 2.11. This is just way too clear. Um, and we're going to get into the Greek just to really kind of nail it down uh, out of the Amplified. For the remarkable, undeserved grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Now, all in the Greek is one word. It's the word pas. It's spelled P-A-S. It's used as an adjective, and the definition is each, every, any, A-N-Y, any, any, all, the whole, everyone, all things, everything. Isaiah 55, 1 through 3, 1 through 3, out of the Amplified. Everyone who thirsts. And they would go, this, this is the way Hebrew Israelites would interpret it. They would go, everyone. They're saying, oh, but that's everyone towards the Hebrew Israelites. That, that's what it's saying. That's the way they would interpret it. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come. What happened in the book of Acts? When someone tried to uh, inherit what Peter was doing in his, mir- in, in, his, in his miracles by the power of the Holy Spirit. They said, they said, teach me how you're doing that. And they offered him money. And Peter said, may your money die with you. You who have no money, come. Buy grain and eat. Come. Buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Simply accept it as a gift from God. Why do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your earnings for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me. And eat what is good. And let your soul delight in abundance. Incline your ear to listen and come to me here so that your soul may live. And that I will make an everlasting covenant with you according to the faithful mercies promised and shown to David. It's saying anyone who's thirsty, anyone who wants salvation, come. We're, 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 doing, the, we're, we're doing away with the old way. I love the way, I think somewhere in Hebrews... The message version, there's a verse where the message version translates a certain verse as um, the old covenant sits on a shelf gathering dust. We're done away with it. As I look back when I was on my way to get something to eat when I was in Detroit, I was having a great time. I actually, I'll go off note real quick. Um, I was walking and I saw this African-American lady with, I think she had two or three kids um, she was homeless and I walked by and the Lord said, go and pray for her. And I kept walking by and the Lord just convicted me really hard. And I said, all right. So I went back. I said, how are you? She, and she was just very blunt was like, you know, not very well. And, um, it was heartbreaking. And I said, can I pray for you? I told her, I told her the gospel and walked away. Um, I was having a really good time. Being in Detroit, so I'm on my way to get something to eat, and then I bumped into them. I can see Proverbs 16:9 play out in this: a man, a man's mind plans his way as he journeys through life, but the Lord directs and uh, his steps and establishes them. Even from the day that I was born, the day I was born into sin. And then was saved years later. God has opened. God has appointed that to me. From the second I was born. He appointed that day to happen. 
Psalm 57.2 says it like this, out of the Amplified, I will cry to God most high, who accomplishes all things on my behalf, for he completes my purpose in his plan. Genesis 50.20, a really well-known verse out of the ESV, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Now, obviously, this is Joseph speaking towards his brothers, but I think God can still reiterate this verse in other people's lives. Now, I know the Hebrew Israelites, they meant this for harm. They meant this to hurt me and put me down and share, share what they think the truth is. But God used it all for good. Why did it seem that I was so terrified after having a conversation with them? Part of me wonders, I'm not firm on this, I've prayed about this and haven't really gotten a direct answer from the Lord. I've gotten, you know, I haven't gotten a, like, what I mean by direct answer is God truly telling me this is what happened. So part of me wonders, I'm not firm on this, but part of me wonders if I was experiencing just really good manipulation or the enemy was manifesting himself as an angel of light to make me feel like I was feeling God's terror or God's judgment. Because Paul says in the same chapter, 2 Corinthians 11, that Satan's followers masquerade as servants of righteousness. Just plug that in real quick. That verse into my conversation with Hebrew Israelites. I also think the other reason why I felt what I felt is because Galatians 5, 9 out of the Amplified says a little leaven, a slight inclination to error or a few false teachers leavens the whole batch. It converts the concept of faith and misleads the church. And you might say, well, here, Josiah, Paul's talking about a, a, a you know, a, a group, a community of a church, but you're right. But at the same time, I'm not the only one who's had a conversation with people like this. They have YouTube videos of talking to white people and telling them exactly what I've experienced. They're up there. I've watched them. And I have confessed before the Lord, I'm sorry for watching those. I, I, I shouldn't watch them. I don't know why I watch them. It's something I think the enemy is doing to kind of confuse me a little bit more. Now, we're closing in here. I've just got a few pages left. Their teaching has misled a lot of people in the church who are, you know, who could very well be saved. I don't know the other conversations that people have had with them, and I don't know if they're saved or not because I've never met them, but um, that's another verse that I think I felt what I felt. I have prayed multiple times to God that the Lord would direct my steps back to Malachi and his friend to the point where Malachi either is wondering, like to the point where if we meet each other again, that I, I've been praying that the Lord would direct my steps back to him. And him at that point, if we meet together again one day, is wondering if what he is teaching is wrong or if he feels sorry for what he did. And I'm not saying it in a way to get back at him. That's not why I'm saying it, but just to, just to state what could happen. And I've told God, I'll show him that I forgive him. And I haven't, let me, let me, let me, let me kind of explain on that. I'm not saying, God, once he comes to me, then I'll forgive him. No, I've, I'm saying, Lord, I'll show him that I have for, already forgiven him. That's what I've prayed. 
God, I am not lying right now. God knows I'm not lying. I have told God I will show him that I that I forgive him as Christ um, has forgiven me for my iniquities. When I prayed that for the first time, it was, I think, a week and a half ago, I heard the words, not yet. I've prayed that God would put questions in their minds. And many of you guys have, you guys have heard me pray that. that. That's my prayers of putting questions, questions in their minds of what if I'm teaching is wrong or questioning one little verse that they may be interpreting to others uh, could be the wrong way that they're using it. I've prayed that God would show them the love of Christ, that he would come to them in dreams and visions, that God would uh, use one person to pluck out and then set others free from this false movement motivated by demons. Now, this movement is growing uh, rapidly. It really is, okay? Why? And don't be afraid about that. You know, like, like again, we can go back to, we can we can look at verse, we can look at Proverbs um, 16.9 play out in, in, in their lives. A man's mind, a man's, Mind plans his way as he journeys through life, but the Lord directs and establishes his steps. That's true over their lives. It's growing rapidly. When you, here's, so, there are a few statements that I'm going to be making here that are going to be a little bit, um, I'm not saying them in a crude way, um, but just to give a little bit more enlightenment. So I just want to make that disclaimer. When you hear a doctrine that you are the, I'm explaining, sorry, I'm back and forth right now. When this movement, why is this moving, why is this movement growing rapidly? Well, when you hear a doctrine that you are the only one who is to inherit salvation and everyone else is doomed, like, like literally there, there's no way they can get saved and they're doomed to judgment in hell, there is no way that they can be saved. I can definitely say that that's going to gratify the flesh. That's gonna like, like, wow, really? Where instead the true gospel is, we're all sinners before a holy God and there must be a payment for sin because God is a just God. So that's why Christ came and became a curse for us and lived the life we couldn't live. Died the death we should have died and then rose from the dead to save us from death and hell. And essentially, uh, Paul says it like this in Thessalonians, that Jesus saves us from the wrath to come. Why? Why does God's wrath bypass ones who are saved through uh, for those who trust in Christ? Because that's what, that's what Christ endured on the cross, God's wrath. That's why he says in John 3, the one who believes in me and trusts in me as savior, the wrath of God abides outside of him. He was sent by God. And that those who trust in him are saved from the wrath and anger and judgment of God. And now you have to seek a life of dying to yourself, picking up your cross, which means to have endurance with Christ even through tough seasons or the toughest seasons. That's hard to hear. That's a doctrine that's hard to hear. When you hear a doctrine of you're the only one appointed for salvation and no one else is and they're appointed to, to hell and doom and God's judgment, you're like, oh my gosh, what? I mean, that's really... And that's why Jesus says, blessed is he who does not take offense to me. Now, I want to say 
what I'm going to say now with all love, humility, and caution, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm not saying these things scornfully. God knows I'm not lying. I, I want to really make that clear right now, beloved. The African-American community has been looked down on for many generations. Um, they've gone through hard stuff. They've been put on higher alert. Um, they are assumed the worst of, and it's just pure evil. That that dichotomy, I don't know if that's the right word, but it's just, it's not right to look at African-American people like that. It's very sad. Due to a doctrine like this, I would feel it would be some sort of remedy to cope with the pain that their people have had to go through. This is where we need to keep our hearts softened by the power of the Holy Spirit. There are links. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. I'm going to try to put links in the description below of all the YouTube videos that I've watched um, about this movement. But if they're not there, I'm sorry. Um, you can look. I'll, I'll just make a quick uh, disclaimer. You can look up Black Hebrew Israelites, Mike Winger, Black Hebrew Israelites, uh, Alan Parr, uh, Black Hebrew Israelites, uh, cultish there's a two part uh, there's two parts in um in the interview with the guy who actually left uh he, the hebrew israelite movement um and then there's another video um with alan parr he did a video with someone who actually was a hebrew israelite and he walked out of it and they they they, they went really deep they, they did a really good video um i think that's all the videos that i've watched so i i i I don't think I can put the videos in the, in the description below, but please go listen to them. They'll be very enlightening and they'll help you understand things better. There are things that I did pull from different videos for this sermon to understand better. So, you know, if you hear something that they said I didn't say, it's just to let you know. So, beloved, um, I end with this. I ask you to do a few things with me. I have it typed here for me, but I'm going to say with because we're walking hand in hand with this. Uh, we're walking hand in hand together in this. Um, number one, pray for them. Pray things that you've maybe heard me pray that may have enlightened you. Pray, just pray for them. Pray that God would put questions in their mind about like second guessing themselves because that's going to lead them to the truth. Um, number two, I, I, I really encourage this. Send this podcast to a friend so that they may be better equipped against these false teachings. Um, I do believe maybe in the near time future we'll talk about my, my take on the prosperity gospel. Um, I'll just say right now it's not biblical. I don't agree with it. Um, they take John 10, 10 out of context a lot. Um, they have this doctrine called little gods, which is not biblical. Um, in my opinion, there's there's this other verse that people use in Psalms. I think Jesus quotes it in one of the uh, Gospels. But um, there's false teaching out there, and it's heartbreaking. So please send this to a friend and uh, recommend. If this podcast has really blessed you, send it to a friend. Please rate my podcast. I'd really appreciate it. And number three, this is the last thing that I want to ask you guys to really pray about that God would send people who are strong in the word and I mean people have gone to seminary and they know scripture really well uh, to convince them that what they teach is not true well amen and amen beloved that is my
part two on understanding Hebrew Israelites. I'm going to show the gospel real quick for those who need to be refreshed by it or haven't known it. Um, there was a law that was given to God's people, the Israelites, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years ago. And for the longest time, for all of time, none of those, none of God's people could keep the law. Um, and then there were prophecies about a coming Messiah that would save everyone from their sins. And uh, Paul says in Romans that we're all born into Adam, which means um, that we're all born into original sin. That's a word that even uh, Catholicism tends to use. Um, uh, but so Paul says that uh, all are born into, through, through one man, all are born into sin, but through another, all are brought into righteousness. That's talking about Jesus. I'm paraphrasing there. But uh, Jesus came and he lived a life that we couldn't live. Uh, he died the death we should have died. Uh, he lived the life we couldn't live by being absolutely sinless. Um, never had a sinful thought, never had a sinful action, never had a sinful motive. That's another thing. Um, he loved the Lord with all of his heart and all of his mind and all of his strength. And he did that for us to reunite us with God, that there's no greater love than this. And so for all of those who put their trust in him for their sins, they are saved. They're saved from the wrath of God. Um, and now you receive a new heart and, um, and then repentance comes into play and the Holy Spirit starts to convict you about certain sin um, and the Holy Spirit leads you and you are now declared righteous before the Lord because of what Christ has done. This is the good news. Father, we thank you so much. I thank you so much for uh, just encountering me with them and using me to advance your kingdom. God, I pray for just the Hebrew Israelites. Father, help us to pray for them. We pray that you would put questions in their minds to second-guess themselves. I pray you'd bless them and show them the love of Jesus. I pray that you would send people who are strong in your word and full of the Holy Spirit to have a conversation with them. Father, that you would pluck out one person from each group and you'd use them to bring everyone else out into the fullness of the gospel. Thank you for giving me the right things to say, Lord. Thank you for equipping me and pray for my listener, Lord, as they go out in the rest of their week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, if it's in your will for those days to come. Father, I pray that You'd, they'd have joy in Christ. They would not strive, but that they'd be led by the Holy Spirit. That they would cast their anxieties on you. They would know your love through Christ. That is my prayer, Lord. Touch them, Lord. Soften their hearts. I pray for their desires to want to meet their husband and wife one day, and Lord, that you'd satisfy that. 
Bring them into green pasture, Lord. Thank you for your peace, Lord. We love you and we worship you, King Jesus, in your name. Amen. All right, next week, um, I'm actually going to be talking about what it's been like working at Havenwick Hospital, at, sorry, Havenwick Hospital for the last month. Uh, it's this, this was something that crossed my mind a while ago. Um, I really just really want to talk about what God has taught me, what God has shown me, um, what God has disciplined me in. Um, probably won't be a two-part series like this. We haven't done a part one, part two in a while, which is fine. But yeah, next week, Lord willing, we're going to talk about, uh, I'm just going to share my experience about what it's been like, what God has taught me, what God has shown me, and uh, it's going to be very, it's going to be very humbling and very enlightening. So beloved, thank you so much for listening to today's episode as we talked about understanding the Hebrew Israelite movement. This is your friend Josiah. God loves you.